I'm not wearing any pants. Are you wearing pants? I am wearing pants. I feel ashamed now. That's you. <laughs> Hold on. Okay, here we go. Uh, it's this is what we're doing. Fine. Pantsless. Uh. Yeah. Episode. Bam. Yeah, I get really sweaty without pants Fuck for some yeah. reason. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, good, good, good. Pantsless episode. This no is pants. what it is, folks. This is the this is the energy that is being brought here. No fucks, no pants, just news. No, no fucks, no pants, just news, just dance. Look at us. Look just at us. Just dance. Gonna be okay. Right? What does he say? Gonna be. No. Wait. Gonna be okay. Dan. <laughs> Dan. Open up them record, baby. Something like that. I yeah, don't know. No. Uh, it's always funny. There's like a popular song, but there's a part of the popular song where you don't know the lyrics. So you're like, mm, jim, boo, de, boo. I, I, it's, I mean, I think one of the greatest talents in the world is confidently being able, like, the, the great facade that we all yeah. hold up is that we really know all the words to Lady Gaga's Just Dance. Yeah, we, we don't know. And that you don't know what she's saying in the part, like, <laughs> no one does. No one does. And also, that we all mouth yeah. the words, but like. Yeah, yeah, we don't know. We don't know. It's like the <laughs> Bone Thugs and Harmony song, you know. Bone, 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 tell me what you're gonna do and it ain't no place to hide when judgment comes to you and then he starts the verse everybody's gonna put the body need to put the body i'm gonna miss everybody <laughs> and i miss my uncle charles y'all <laughs> I don't even fucking know what the motherfuckers be saying. That mm-hmm. shit hits though. It hits your heart. You like whatever they're saying right now is emotional it's, and heavy as fuck. It's real. It's true. It's I don't true. know what it is. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but goddamn it, if I don't feel it in here. Goddamn, I miss my uncle Charles. In though. here. <laughs> uncle Charles was a wild one. Pour one out for Uncle Charles. Oh, uh, uh, gonna, I'm gonna miss everybody. Any <laughs> 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 song like that for you, Ian? Where you just remember besides the less dance when you're just like i don't know these fucking lyrics oh fuck if i thought about it I'm, I'm sure there'd be so okay i can't think of one currently right but one of the most humiliating moments for me in elementary school uh all star was all the rage uh-huh. uh by smash mouth and the, it was the lyrics um she had the shape of an l on her forehead uh-huh. i i've either shared this story here or with you before but i was in elementary school and we were singing along to all star and this little shit called me out because we got to the part where like you know uh she was looking kind of dumb with her finger and her thumb in the shape of an l on her forehead and i sang the shape of an elf on her forehead because <laughs> I, I always thought that was weird i was like fucking weird flex but sure yeah like <laughs> she had an elf shape on her forehead maybe it's a birthmark or something right. and this little kid is like he doesn't know the words you thought it was an elf wow. and i was like i don't know bitch and he was like it's l for loser like you for not knowing how to sing wow. all the lyrics to all star i put you on blast that's that's unnecessary that's rude kids are cruel, cruel. is the whole point of this story fuck <laughs> you eat shit and die god damn all right cool i guess i will i guess i have no value in life because i don't know the fucking one word in the fucking one hit wonders that were all i don't know what smash mouth smash mouth come on bitch the 2000s epitomization of youth culture right even uh, they had that one good album can you name another smash mouth one good album (laughs) can you name another smash mouth um i can't even name that smash mouth album (laughs) (laughs) 
I know that they had walking on the sun. Yeah, that was like the other. That was the other big song. Yeah, yeah, that was it. Hey, welcome to our Smash Mouth podcast. Well, um, welcome. Yeah, this is uh, getting smashed in the mouth with Smash Mouth. <laughs> I don't know if you clicked on a link that said too many flicks, but this is officially the Smash Mouth podcast. We're talking with your, all about with your hosts, yeah. Jan Gonzel mum, mummification. Mummification. Yeah, we're talking all about Smash Mouth twenty four seven seven days a week. We are on we never stop podcasting this is live as we speak smash mouth 24 7 all day every this day. is your corner yep 365 days of the year at this year 366 because of the leap year baby what's up because of the leap year all right let's Add get another in. 10 years let's get into our actual podcast 10 days i'm so done with myself uh it's all good <laughs> Episode 60. 60. 60. Oh my God. Man, 59 episodes ago, you'd have told me we're going to get the 60 episodes, Ben. I would have been like, dude, no. When? When? Like three years? Yeah. Three years? That's going to happen for real? <laughs> okay. Yeah, this is mm-hmm. the 60th episode of anything that we've ever done. There That's you go. That's wild to me. That's wild yeah. to me, too. Yeah, no. Um, if this is your first time listening, uh, I'm going to give you a rundown of what we do, okay? Because this is the best fucking podcast you'll ever listen to mm, after 2 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> This is the best podcast you'll ever listen to, maybe, if you have on three hats and you own four dogs and are juggling backwards. Yeah, and that's amazing, and that's great. You're welcome. So anyway, what we do is we talk about movie trailers. We dissect those um, one by one. Then we also talk about some movie news, what's happening now, the hottest news around. And then we do a little thing called Hot Takes, where we give you a take about cinema that you probably don't agree with. But, you know, it's okay, because we can talk and debate about it afterward. And then we have Stream Theory, where we analyze talk debate we, we we give suggestions about anything that's streaming on any of the hot platforms that's netflix hulu amazon prime opal but we haven't we don't have enough money for that but <laughs> opal uh, is it opal God or oakwe or what is this the oak the, huh is it queeby queeby there it is yeah i'm sure opal's soon to happen i just put it opal's out in the universe soon to happen there's right. queeby mooby mooby shutter yeah. i'm not even kidding like this sounds yeah. like a bit but you're like, absolutely right Right, I've heard of them all, um, and we're trying to get to those as well. But that's money and time, which we will need your help with. And then at the end of the day, we also do some trivia. We put a little knowledge in your motherfucking noggin because we got you like that. Welcome to Too Many Flicks, you motherfuckers. Welcome. My name's Ian. My name's Ben. How about we do this, E? Let's fucking do this. Tasty, tasty trailer, trailer. Mm, that's good. That's real good. Okay, gang. Welcome, welcome. We're getting some tasty trailers kicked off with the King of Staten Island. The King of Staten Island is going to digitally release on June 12th. It is directed by Judd Apatow, and it is starring Marissa Tomei, Maude Apatow, Steve Buscemi, and Pete Davidson. Scott has been a case of arrested development since his firefighter dad died. He spends his days smoking weed and dreaming of being a tattoo artist until events force 
force him to grapple with his grief and take his first steps forward in life. I'm, I'm going to be frank with you. I'm going to yeah. be frank with you. I don't really like Judd Apatow movies. That's this fine. This looks pretty good. That's fine. Yeah. Um. What What has Judd Apatow done? Didn't he do 40-Year-Old Virgin? Uh, he did 40-Year-Old Virgin, which I do like. I think he's been very formative for American comedy, especially uh, cinematic mm-hmm. comedy. But he did 40-Year-Old Virgin. He did Knocked Up. Uh, he was one of the lead producers. For a long time, I thought he directed Superbad, but he was only one of the lead producers on Superbad. Uh, okay. Um. I'm pretty sure he did uh, I Love You Man. uh, Maybe he did Forgetting Sarah Marshall? Like, that's my instinct. Oh, okay. And you don't care for him? So, I I think the more accurate way to put it... Oh, no. Forgive me. Forgetting Sarah Marshall was directed by Nicholas Stoller, who I didn't know about. Mm -hmm. Um, Co-produced by Judd Apatow. It was a Judd Apatow production. He's done... He's, he's like, done a lot of these Judd Apatow movies that are... He he produces. Um, Uh. I think it's more accurate to say that I have outgrown him and i think a lot of other people might yeah. find themselves in this camp because yeah. anyone who tells you that they didn't like super bad when it first came out uh is like they may very well be telling the truth but i err on like super bad is a cultural touchstone for a lot of uh millennial folks as is knocked up and 40 year old virgin you know like yeah. but like that that style just like yeah, didn't it, age well for me and uh, that's that's absolutely astute observation also a lot of other directors who wanted to venture into comedy kind of like took that template and <laughs> mm, <laughs> made it their own. So we saw a lot of comedies that resembled <laughs> Judd Apatow comedies and that kind of became like the mid 2000s um, and now we're starting to get away from that. But yeah, that was kind of like the standard barrier was just like, what did Judd do? Okay, we can kind of do something similar. Yeah, there but this go. this looks like it's taken on a little bit of a, of a different tone. Yeah, it does. Yeah, definitely like a dramedy, I feel. It's definitely going to be heavy, but at the same time, you have that humor infused but uh yeah this doesn't look too bad uh, you know bill burr is um say what you will about his con- <laughs> controversial uh stand-up career but uh he looks pretty good in this um he looks like he's very funny yeah, yeah. i always i always don't know how to feel about him because he says mm. things that i'm like you sound like a jackass like you're yeah. coming at it from a perspective that i don't agree with and you sound very unempathetic but then he also makes like really good points like really salient points you yeah, know it's hard for me to reconcile those two sides of his personality it's it's a difficult thing because he'll say every with every two bad things he'll say and then one thing he'll be like oh yeah i guess that makes sense but then he goes back to say but anyway but it, it, yeah. him in this movie he looked pretty good and then you have marissa tomei who doesn't age a day at all never like um doing what solid is work. the secret marissa yeah i don't she she does doing solid work um steve buscemi is in this which is a pleasant surprise as well love that. so i actually i think that this this is really charming to me because steve buscemi gets to play a firefighter uh which he was for a period of time and like it's it there's a really nice sort of uh tribute feeling to it almost you know yeah 100 yeah yeah yep um was pete davidson's father uh a firefighter as well didn't he die at 9-11 oh shit i'm checking right now i didn't know that holy shit wow yeah yeah wow so uh that adds just a whole nother element of gravity and uh poignance to this a little bit um because pete davidson what i was gonna say is pete davidson looks like he's he is carving out such an interesting niche 
niche of a career for himself, you know? Yeah, 100%. Just from what he allows to be known about him, you know? Uh, I feel like he had a very public relationship with Ariana Grande, Mm -hmm. and their breakup was also very public. But aside from that, like, he is a relatively private person. And the things that he allows the public to know about himself really has crafted this interesting career wherein, like, he can go from doing something like this to being just very silly and fucking out there like he was... um, Um, he's in some Hulu original movie that I'm blanking on right now, but you know, like they're two very different things. Fascinating. Oh, I'm learning so much. Yeah. So, uh, I'm sure elements of this were taken from his life. So of course, um, and then you put Judd Apatow there and you also have Steve Buscemi, who was also a firefighter and you got something that's going to, I think, hit home. It's hard to say that these people feel detached from these characters when they know these characters very well. Kind of like a a shoe that fits, you know, a nice shoe. You're just like, well, obviously I wear this size. It's shit fit you put it on it does and then you know you got some nice shoes <laughs> mm-hmm. uh and that's what you got here um yeah the trailer looked really good uh it, it really did i think um, you have a class talent here also you have like i said comedy infused in here too and it seems like it's done well i i think this will do pretty well at the box office too i think it's going to be kind of like um what was that camille nagiani uh movie uh she's just blanking sorry i, I run i co you're talking about the one with produce. him and Issa ray yeah no 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 i co-run and produce a a, a movie podcast and i can't think of the movie uh the the one the big sick yeah that it's where it's kind of like it hits home it's this one is not quite i don't think it's quite a biography obviously because pete davis did go and try to be firefighter but it just there are elements of of it infused from his life and from other people's life who are involved to where you just like oh yeah this has the good has a good ingredients for a really solid production and a really solid uh, piece of work and our art so yeah, yeah i look forward to this for sure well and i think there's i i something that i was trying to get at earlier that i just didn't do effectively is pete davidson i think is really good at getting at comedy through sort of personal pain kind of yeah 100 100 like just based off of the work that he's been choosing and doing and attaching himself to like he takes what would normally be like an easily melodramatic or very dramatic subject matter and manages to find the humor in it and it's impressive the way that he thinks you know oh yeah 100 it is I-, I can't wait for this um hopefully it, it sticks to the date that it's supposed to come out that's that's all well again it i think it's a it's it should be a digital release if i remember okay correctly. great 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 if it's a digital release and that works perfect for this movie i think it's probably best on digital release anyway it's just perfect you'll be able to sit down at home um and, and watch a pretty hopefully probably yep. even great watch it with your cats with your dogs yeah you know watch it with your dogs sometimes you just you know if you have a dog sometimes you just think like one you know you're just like oh i wonder mm-hmm. what my dog's doing look at his balls um which leaves us <laughs> <laughs> Which leads us into our next trailer. Think like a dog. Oh boy. And we don't have a release date yet. Doesn't look like. Um, Ian. No, no, wrote, Ben. We have uh, a. Okay, we do. Uh, yeah, Ian did the um, <laughs> produced and wrote the outline for this. So um, he said, and, and I would have to agree with him wholeheartedly. Um, hopefully never. Uh, <laughs> Scheduled hopefully, release date. Hopefully never. Hopefully yeah. never. Um, <laughs> oh, and boy. it's directed by Gil Junger. Jesus. It is starring Megan Fox. Ming Hao Ho, Josh Duhamel, and Dylan Alf. A 12-year-old tech prodigy's science experiment goes awry, and he forgoes a telepathic connection with his best friend, his dog. The duo join forces and use their t- unique perspectives on life to comically overcome complications of family and school. I don't give a fuck. Um, <laughs> this will be good for kids, though. I mean, they, they don't have school to go to. They aren't really hanging out with their friends. It's much well, as, I, yeah. I think that's why we're hearing about it 
it now. You know, exactly. they're like, quick, push it out while they're all fucking stuck there. Push it, go. <laughs> Don't give them the opportunity to not go out to the movie theaters and see this. Right. Um, yeah, I, you know, but looking at it from our point of view, being adult adults here, um, it sucked. This was terrible. This was not a good trailer in any aspect. Um, Ian, you pointed out that it reminded you of a trailer from like the late 90s, early 2000s. Um, like an air, I, and I equated it to like an Air Bud trailer. Air Bud's yep. back. He's playing basketball now. Look at him go. It, they even well, have a narrator. Got that, it's, yeah, it's got the narrator. It's got like the whole campy thing of like the dog like talking to the boy being like, hey, yeah, like I, I'm i so handsome and beautiful and smart. The whole package coming through. Dog, dog, man, dog. Like Jeez. it's. Here's, here's the thing. Oh, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I think a lot yeah. of people tend to make excuses for shitty uh, kids' movies, as I almost did when we first started talking about this. But like movies that are intended for the demographic of 14 and under, 12 and under, whatever, still should be good, right? Because we've seen them. They exist. These movies. They exist. can be done well. They can and be done well, not... even if it's silly. You still have something for everyone to enjoy. If it's a family uh, movie, I, I will liken it to uh, Onward, which onward was not my favorite pixar movie um, i did not enjoy it yeah. in the past five but was it was it still entertaining 100 percent. like i was like oh mm-hmm. this is like you can have it on you don't you're not offended you're not grossed out it's not my favorite again but there were some moments towards the end that were pretty touching but you know what i mean it's still quality filming still right. quality it's, like there's like care moment. put into it it's yeah like you get a full story a full arc and kids are smart yeah some kids might like this some kids might enjoy this but at the end of the day if you want to get a broad appeal like put some work into it this is not work this is an old dusty piece of shit premise that we've seen a hundred times over and here's the thing i think i think that uh onward was a really apt comparison that you made because both of these both of these films center around a gimmick onwards gimmick is that like oh we're going to take you know a very fantasy setting and like ground it make it make it like oh this is like the world today but fantasy fantasy style that's their gimmick uh, think like a dog's gimmick is like oh dogs can understand humans and now this young boy can talk to the dog the the difference is is that onwards gimmick isn't like the whole movie it is just the setting you know uh whereas mm-hmm. i think think like a dog they pretty much were like we have this gimmick uh just write the story around the gimmick you know like the story yeah. of onward is them trying to reconnect with their father that is a story that you could drop into any setting this story yeah. is purely like boy talks with dog people want to talk with dogs <laughs> people try to steal which which brings us to the major tonal shift right. that abruptly happens in this trailer by the way like it's all just like super happy-go-lucky bullshit the kid takes his like dog talking invention to the science fair and then it cuts to like a semi-serious like murderous tone where kunal nayar's character is like i will do anything to get this technology and like it sounds like he's about to kill this fucking kid so that he can go talk with dogs so he can control the dog talk technology yeah (laughs) i kind of hope he succeeds (laughs) well and like that's like i was watching this trailer and i was going through like a roller coaster of disappointment until (laughs) we got to this moment and i was like wait did he just set up like a fucking gritty like sort of mob based murder movie based around stealing dog talk tech and then like no very clearly it is like still very campy and funny but like i need i need that movie now wherein it seems very innocuous up front and it's about a boy learning to talk to his dog and then like they're 
hunted by the fucking mafia or something, you know? Like, yeah, yeah, that's that would be hilarious. We need this technology. We need it. <laughs> yeah, because this is fucking dumb. It is dumb. It's just no originality to it. At least be original. Some as you know what I mean? Like, all right, right. if you're going to do this plot, at least be solid. At least have some of the comedy work. <sighs> have the comedy work. Do something fresh. Megan Fox deserves so much better than this, and we yeah. are failing her. We, like, we are. She doesn't even say, does she even have words in this? She has like one line or something that I think is either about the science fair. It comes at the very first third of the trailer and it is the most just like whatever mom line that could possibly be written for her. Oh my God. Yeah, no, I just, this is dumb. Ben, I I want you just real quick. So the the little kid in this movie, I'm pretty sure is played by the actor Dylan Alf or Alf. I want you to look at Dylan Alf's IMDb page real quick and just, just look Look at this kid's headshot. Hold on just a sec. What the fuck? Look how fucking in- This kid is gonna kick my ass, Ben. Yeah, He's gonna find me. He's gonna be like, I heard you was talking shit. And then I will be dead in an alley, murdered by Dylan Alf. Yeah, I can guarantee you that's not the headshot they turned in for him to get this role. That oh, it can't like, be. He's it can't have be. This is like the headshot yeah. you send in to get that fucking like gritty anti-hero role. Yeah, that or the ch- child possession role. <laughs> right, well, something. Yeah. Like, this kid, I am scared. I think he's going to murder me. Yeah, with that, he also has more uh, film credits than I do, so. <laughs> that being said, yes, uh, <laughs> he's doing he's quite crushing well. It. Crushing, <laughs> crushing it. it, my dude. Hell yeah, yeah. get that uh, fucking get work. Get that work, but uh, we all got to start somewhere. Uh, luckily, he is in this stage of his career. Um, unfortunately, from Megan Fox and uh, Josh Duhamel, they are in that stage of their careers. Which, like, uh, Josh, get a Josh Duhamel deserves to be here. Josh Duhamel did <laughs> every single Transformers movie under the sun. Like, this is what he <laughs> deserves. Megan Fox <laughs> dipped out of Transformers because she knew what was what. Right. She gave us Megan's body, and she is ended up here and that yeah. just feels really unjust to me like, i don't she wish deserves this better. on anyone but uh that that check must have been pretty nice maybe they spent all their money on those actors they've got to command a, a, a lump sum of money right they've been in transformers they, it's still a name that's who they paid for then they got an unknown kid <laughs> It's Jennifer's body. I knew I was said it wrong. That's okay. But, but uh, and yeah, and they got an unknown kid, and they got two big uh, B-list actors. And then you have uh, Think Like a Dog. And then, you, yep, you got Think Like a Dog. I Not to be confused with Steve Harvey's book, Think Like a Man, um, which is equally which as bad. Which definitely comes up if you try to Google which, it. Which is equally <laughs> as terrible, because um, Steve Harvey oh, is course. a trash person. But, uh, yeah, that's what we have. Think Like a Dog is a hot piece of garbage. But please, go ahead and watch it if you want. Uh, <laughs> watch it. I Watch the trailer for a laugh, and watch the trailer and just envision the second half being like this little kid's parents being murdered the dog and him on the run in some fucking like you know like stolen car and it, there's so much this movie could have been and Gil Junger Junger just like didn't deliver <laughs> <laughs> and you know who knows he could have been roped in a contract dispute or, or any just type of contract in general and studios like hey man you know you gotta do us a favor <laughs> it's just like <laughs> fuck it's think like a dog isn't it and you know it buddy <laughs> 
It's like, fine. Let's, maybe we could shoot for like two or three months and we'll get it done. Uh, with that being said, let's uh, let's move on. Yeah, I wish I had some sage wisdom or yeah. transition, but it I really doesn't. It's don't. hard. It's hard to do that. Yeah. It doesn't merit one, which is why we're going to move on, friends. And we're going to talk about Capone. Capone is going to drop digitally May 12th, and it is directed by Josh Trank, and it is starring Tom Hardy, Linda Cardellini, Catherine Narducci, and Kyle McLaughlin. The 47 year old Al Capone, after after 10 years in prison, starts suffering from dementia and comes to be haunted by his violent past. Yeah, this looks, this uh, is the best trailer that we have this week. Yeah, I, th- I think out of these three, uh, it's from a smaller production company, which is really cool to see. I am so impressed with Tom Hardy because I couldn't put my finger on it. I was like, why is this dude fucking familiar? He, he looks great in this. Oh, 100%. I think this movie, um, just based on a few of the shots towards the end and the synopsis, which we don't necessarily get here, uh, in the in the trailer you don't see a whole lot of uh tom hardy or tom hardy al capone being tortured by a violent past you do see it's sort of framed uh as like a, a police sting operation wherein they believe that he's hoarding uh, millions of dollars somewhere on this florida estate uh that he is residing in but uh, tom hardy as al capone just looks fantastic yeah he's in he's dialed in for sure the makeup department the production just great a stuff great a stuff yeah uh josh josh Trank is directing it you know um he's gotten some slack because of his fantastic four movie which there is a interview uh on polygon um in regards to why that movie failed and where he think it where he thinks it went wrong and has a lot to do with the production side of things and he had a vision for the movie and the some of the producers had a different vision for the film so check that out if you have a chance it's a really good interview um but yeah he looks like he's kind of you know doing away with that past that he has and he's doing something with some meat and he has a great actor and great cast in general to help him provide um, a, a great story, um, which he has in his hands. A very interesting story at that. One that we don't quite see that often of Capone, this side of Capone, when he's just like losing his fucking mind. <laughs> which yeah, is great, which is yeah. Great. Um, and he's he's dialed in. The director's dialed in. I, I just hope it's I hope it's good. I hope it's as good as the trailer. Sometimes with movies like this, it could be a, a slight miss because of like pacing. Um, sure, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, you get a good, you get some good footage, you cut it into a good trailer. Yeah. Like, yeah sometimes that's all the studio wants is like i just sell it sell it up front and you know but uh we will see i mean may 12th is it's not that far off so we will see not that far off probably by the time this episode gets released it it'll either be release releasing that day or just afterwards so this is this is one to look out for absolutely absolutely i was trying to look and see if there were any uh early reviews here and i don't think there are there probably would have been like an, an early showing but uh covet 19 took that shit the fuck out so yeah, yeah. Uh, May the 12th is when we're going to really get a, uh, a sense of how good this movie is or how uninspiring it is. I think, I think when I see, at least we'll get a brilliant performance from Tom Hardy, if all of us fail. Yeah, he, he looks uh horrible but like in a good way like he looks like someone who uh is possibly suffering from dementia which is what they sort of suspect him of uh faking like the the police are staking him out because they think that he's faking it and uh, oh there's one particular image that just sticks in my head that makes me think we're gonna get a little bit more of a surreal experience than normal and it's that uh there's a a particular shot it doesn't last for more than a handful of seconds wherein uh capone is floating 
in this lake out back and an alligator head rises up out of the water mm. choice choice shot and i i it's funny i did not connect uh josh trank to the fantastic four movie until you said it i gotta go check out that that particular interview because he also worked on chronicle and i remember that being a really fresh superhero oh, movie for 2012 that comes up in it too that uh, yeah interesting so i'm excited and i'm excited to see him tell a more grounded story i think it's interesting that he went from a superhero movie pretty much directly to this much more grounded biography like it's it's classified as a biography technically it's, even if it is a fantastic one and it's so funny that they thought he was faking it just on the historical side because people who knew capone knew he wasn't very bright <laughs> he just happened to be very vicious and brutal <laughs> so he, he he's not that intelligent to fake dementia <laughs> like yeah right. he was losing his fucking mind he also had syphilis he was also a piece of shit let's like i, I always try my best to when we talk about people like this to not glorify uh the gangster like oh sure they're always pieces you do awful things to get to the position that you are and something like yeah, that people and tend this- to do that a lot they're like oh capone and we even have like gangster like uh tours in chicago when you know we don't have COVID. uh <laughs> and it's just like why are we glorifying these people they literally murdered several people and robbed you know middle class folk as well well and i think i i think that there's some i think that part of that stems from you know them sort of being the embodiment of the actual american dream you know a lot of these uh more vicious folks came up from nothing and like that is like essentially the american dream is to be rich and on top and be the the powerful one so there's i i I don't i agree that like glorifying them is not something to be done but i feel like these these tours in particular like it it could be a mixed bag like some people are fascinated by them in a non-glorific glorified way and then some people absolutely like need to be reminded that hey like he fucking he was a murderer yeah yeah like you remember that part right right? like he murdered people (laughs) y'all remember that right okay okay cool um but yeah i don't this is obviously this movie is not doing that (laughs) it's just showing a man losing his wits um and also some of his past Mm -hmm. it looks like a lot of his past is starting to haunt him as he goes through dementia so that's really interesting as well i I like that take don't give us frosting give us the actual cake um you know what i mean uh get down to Mm -hmm. it let's get to the the actual ingredients of what this is um and i and i like what josh trink is doing i love what tom hardy's doing and i can't wait to see it i cannot fucking wait to see this thing may 12th it's coming out soon coming out soon do we know if it's um obviously it's probably streaming do we know where it's streaming to uh it didn't specifically say uh it essentially just said that it'd be video on demand or streaming uh may 12th ah ha ha so be on the lookout for that um is there anything else you would like to add e no i think uh just keep your eyes peeled there you go folks if you like any of these trailers or if you want to watch them go for it watch them and then let us know what you think about the trailers do you like our takes do you think we sound stupid do you think we sound really smart let us know we are down for the debate we just want to engage with you and you want we want you to engage with us here at too many flicks um again contact us on any social media platform at too many flicks us uh, number two and an x at the end or on one of these um sh- uh podcast platforms as well uh and we'll get a conversation going all right let's move on to our next segment this just in extra extra read all about it 
All right, folks, here's our first topic in Flix News. Spike Lee's next project, The Five Bloods, to debut in June on Netflix. Still eligible for Oscars. Thank you, Zach Scharf at IndieWire for that bit of news. Uh, I am very excited for this. Um, it's coming off of Black um, Klansman, which was really fucking good. If you haven't seen it, do yourself a favor. Watch it. If you got, I think it's on HBO Go, if I'm not mistaken. I don't think it's on, but I think it's on HBO Go. If you happen to have HBO Go, watch it. If you don't have HBO Go, get it. Get that account from somebody, please. Like, just do it. Get that account. You could probably rent it, to be honest, for like two, three bucks. You could probably rent it for two, three bucks. It's great from start to finish. Do yourself a favor. Watch it now. It's great. What are you doing? And I can't wait for his next film. Spike Lee's films are always an event, always really good, um, with the exception of maybe like one or two films that he's done where I just didn't care about. Um, mm-hmm. I, I can't wait to see this one. Um, G- what is it? June? Yeah. June. Perfect time when bi- some businesses are slowly starting to reopen hopefully those businesses june 12th sorry i was sorry, looking for the specific bad. day june 12th um some businesses are starting to reopen it's kind of warm out you should be able to do that safely put your social distancing in place and watch this on netflix you still be at home on netflix but you still you know the the outside won't be as constrained as it would be in yourself just put that in the back of your brain as well ian what do you think about this i think this is incredibly exciting uh it seems to be so um on this Indie Wire article from Zach, he, he raises a good point that uh, a lot of like Netflix is really, really cleaning up with these big directors. They've got a whole slate of 2020 of projects from David Fincher, Ron Howard, and a few others. And they speculate that it's because of the 10 Oscar noms that The Irishman got. And I think that that has something to do with it. I'm still surprised, to be honest, that we haven't seen a trailer for De Five Bloods yet. Uh, the synopsis sounds really, really great. Uh, I think we've touched on it before because we noticed that you had uh, Chadwick Boseman and a few other people attached to this. I'm really excited. Uh, Jonathan Majors is in this and if y'all still haven't had a chance to see the last black man in san francisco i i wholeheartedly stand by my statement that he was robbed of any sort of awards recognition because he's an, he's phenomenal uh the premise just in case we haven't covered it is four african-american vietnam veterans return to vietnam they are in search of the remains of their fallen squad leader and the promise of buried treasure that sounds which so good yep i think it's going to be a, a kind of psychological i think it's going to have to wreck like uh, just knowing Spike Lee and his body of work, I think that it is going to uh, force these characters to reckon with uh, American nationalism and fighting a war for a country that doesn't respect you as a as a full person in the first place. You know, this is uh, could not be more stoked for this for this ditty to uh, hit the streaming services. Yeah, me either. I can't wait. I can't wait for June the twelfth. This is uh, this is very exciting. Very exciting stuff. I think they can wait on the trailer because I mean everything that's gone on i'm sure they're like we we aren't any 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 rush and it's also gonna be on netflix soon like we can drop the trailer the first week of june like they do tend to like drop trailers very close to release time they do it's a some it's a marketing strategy and that marketing strategy works pretty well actually uh surprisingly enough yeah um most people still will be in homes their homes anyway so it's like we we don't need to rush and uh, (laughs) we'll we'll see if that works spike lee's attached to like yeah like you said big names are starting to get attached to this netflix ip 
yeah, it's, it's only going to get better and better, especially with this pandemic hovering over us until we find a vaccine. If we ever find a vaccine, more and more big budget things are going to come to Netflix. Netflix is literally reaping the benefits. Um, they are. They, I, I, I got to say, if anyone can find some sort of uh, silver lining to this pandemic, it's got to be Netflix, who I think, you know, we're really worried because you have you have all these streaming services com- to compete with. Now, you've got Disney Plus. You've got uh, Hulu. You've got CBS All Access, of all things. Amazon Prime. Yeah. But yeah. Netflix is sitting pretty. They they staked their turf. And <laughs> now that streaming's all the rage, they, I think they're setting themselves up quite nicely. Yeah. No, they definitely are. Um, yeah. Can't wait to see this. And uh, let's move on to our next topic. Ian, what you got for us? My friends, we've got Nick Cage. Nick Cage is at it again. He's cast to play Joe Exotic in a scripted Tiger King movie uh, that is being produced with the showrunner from American Vandal. This is reported on by Joe Otterson and Justin Kroll at Variety. So thank you two for doing all the heavy lifting. Um, And that's exactly what it sounds like. You know, Tiger King has been such a hit. Joe Exotic has been such a memefied character that uh, it seemed lucrative enough to base a fully like fledged fictionalized version of his life around it speaking of people not to be glorified you know yeah right uh <laughs> we're getting across uh, that that line that very fine line of glorification and um and actually just representation of what was happening and i like this i also don't want to glorify it so hopefully i forgive me it is i quoted it as a film at the start of this recording it is actually going to be an eight episode series it's so big that it's we can't ignore it uh, <laughs> uh even the series uh it's just eight episodes i don't even know if that's enough episodes to cover the 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 tiger king it's ridiculous um he's ridiculous and he's also fucking a terrible and insufferable reprehensible individual who's in jail now for a reason i hope he doesn't get a cut of any of that money um (laughs) i hope he doesn't get out for uh good behavior either fuck that dude but anyway that being said nick cage being him i'm sure he's gonna make it his own because he's not really into um how can i say he's not really into impersonations or um deep dives of playing a uh, real person also he has a terrible southern accent um but at the same time he can be a really good actor he had the man has an oscar i mean like if you've seen adaptation you know if you've seen mandy you know this guy is pretty good when he wants to be good um, yeah and then you have him yelling the alphabet uh and him yelling about bees and you're just like what <laughs> but it is so good yeah, you just it's dirt, so yeah, yeah it's so good it's so unique it's so you like a yeah. b c d yeah, this is going to be wild. <laughs> the, whatever this is, is not really going to be a straight retelling of what happened in the Tiger King. It's going to be Nicolas Cage's The Tiger King. And yeah. whatever that entails is, I can't even I can't even think about it. I don't even know. I don't even know what that means for us as a society as a whole. <laughs> that's, I don't know. Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> this thing could be off the chart whack. And it's Are we direct- culturally ready right. for a Nicolas Cage? cage tiger king that's a that's a yeah. good question i don't know it's directed by the guys who did uh, american vandal which if you haven't seen that series on netflix please fucking do it do it uh so yeah it's definitely gonna be funny so yeah, I, yeah. it's a lot i'm literally having a tough time <laughs> i can to hear find. the brain power that is <laughs> just being used right now like to describe this man have you seen tiger king yet Ian? <laughs> i haven't dude just i've got a really bad habit it. of like when something is uber popular to not 
just losing all interest in it that's fine this is worth it just just put it on like i'm all in like it's just is it necessarily entertaining it did not do for me what it did for everyone else i think a lot of people thought it was like Mm -hmm. so entertaining so funny so wild and we're kind of like putting joe on a pedestal when in fact he's a monster and um, carol baskins isn't that great either but she was being literally like verbally attacked and called out her name for a lot of this stuff and i was like that's not cool especially the dynamics of him being a white male uh like and just mm-hmm. kind of bashing yeah. on this woman is like okay we are missing that aspect of this situation it was never really highlighted i think personally it's not a great documentary at all um a lot of things they left out um but that being said it is entertaining and it is a decent think piece to just sit and watch and just kind of let it wash over you um and really get down to it and just like wow people are like this it's worth it's it's worth it to i i'm not gonna try to pitch it if you don't want to watch it don't watch it but at the same time i'm like is it worth the hype maybe not is it worth a watch yeah i think so so okay this is interesting that uh you brought this up um about is it a good documentary or not uh there's actually i haven't watched a lot of this individual stuff on youtube but there was Mm -hmm. a great uh video essay i watched called how documentaries lie to you Mm -hmm. and it's from quentin reviews it's a youtube video that everybody should should look up wherein essentially this person says the fact of the matter is that documentaries have become less journalistic than their predecessors a few decades ago and have become for lack of a better term a form of entertainment now so you know and you can sort of spot this in the fire festival docs both of them uh have their failings and their strengths but at the end of the day they're sort of like look at how fucking absurd this is and that's how they sell you on it you know yeah um yeah and they tend to overlook uh the actual issues the core of these issues the 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 uh moral uh what what is it uh moral decline or moral um jesus christ the moral, moral emptiness the more let's just say the moral emptiness of of these actual situations but uh yeah sure yeah, sure yeah. well and part of what that video touches on is that uh documentaries i i.e like the tiger king those sorts of documentaries are sort of told from the subject's perspective almost you know uh so it is uh documentaries whereas like typically being objective when you're making a documentary for entertainment purposes and you end up tell like filtering objective facts through the perspective of your subject to use a lot of obnoxious like terminology you're not getting like as you said you're, you're sort of left with this moral emptiness you're getting the truth that the subject you are investigating uh sees or wants others to see like see it through their world i don't know does that make sense yeah yeah 100 percent uh i agree with that uh, assessment wholeheartedly it's more about entertainment than more about just uh, figuring out the facts what happened why mm-hmm. did it happen here and how did it affect people it, this 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 documentary is n- the, the focus is off it should be about the animals and the people that it the lives that it affected and is more about joe exotic and um uh, just how Carol wacky Baskins. this person was yeah that's it was about that literally when one of joe exotic's friends and other like zookeeper and like tiger um wrangler was had a cult literally of women who he had sex with they mention it for a second and then gloss over it and you're like wait whoa, whoa hold on what was the fuck was that shit <laughs> like you just you can't, can't. Gloss, yeah you can't you you can't pretend like you, that just happened and then now it's not a thing or that the animals are literally getting abused and dying you get that towards the end it's not a spoiler it's it happened you could fucking read about it in an article Th- these animals were being tortured and and, and, and and were suffering under joe exotic while he was running around doing meth it's just like what about the animals what about these people 
you know, I hope that the <laughs> the eight part miniseries uh, that uh, that Nicolas Cage is doing highlights that. I, I hope it's probably what's going to happen because if you can list, look at the American Band- Vandal um, situation, how they handle things, it'll probably be extraordinarily funny at the beginning. Towards the tail end, it will get to the nitty gritty, which is why I enjoy American Vandal so much. I think you're absolutely right, Ben. That's these these are the right people for the task, and uh, I'm honestly stoked to see what they bring to the table. That's all, my friends. That's all. If we happened to miss some news that you think is vital and crucial to have been talked about, please do reach out to us at any of our social media platforms on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, wherever you like to interact. We're there interacting with you. We'd love to hear from you, and let's keep this gravy train rolling. God damn, that's hot as hell. Ooh, god damn. Ooh, steamy in here. Ooh, ooh I gotta take off my clothes. Oh, I gotta, I gotta do what Nelly demands. If it's getting hot in here, you gotta take off all your clothes. Yup, that, it, it's the new part of the fire code. It's a weird thing. Yeah, it's a very weird thing. Guys, y- if you don't know what this is already, I don't know what you're doing, because this is hot takes. I'm about to give a hot ass take. I, I, I got one today. I'm ready. I, I'm ready. Yeah, hit me with it. Let's I think it's it. hot, but I think I have, okay, so why this is divisive. Let me preface this by saying. Yeah is that a lot of people went and go went to see this this film a lot of people did. i think a, a significant amount of people actually do enjoy this film as well however i think there's enough people who don't like it to where that this will be a hot take does that make sense sure yeah i think it's enough right. it's a myth, significant amount of people when you bring this movie up they groan let's hear it let's let's I give the people what they want think avatar not the last airbender because that was trash and there's no way i can defend that uh, the movie the, the movie. movie yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Avatar: oh, The Last Bender. Not, not, no, got fucking murdered. The movie, the live-action movie directed by. Um... <sighs> M. Night Shyamalan. I, I didn't want to say his name. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah, M. Night Shyamalan. We're not talking about that. Trash. That is That would be an explosive take. <laughs> well, we're not talking about that. We're talking about the one directed by James Cameron. The Blue People, Avatar. The, you heard it here first. The movie that resembles Pocahontas, Gern, uh, uh, was it Gern, or is it, oh, God damn it, what's Fern Gully? Fer, yeah, sorry. The one that resembles Fern Gully. The one that also takes uh, Dances with Wolves um, and pretty much writes blue people in there but blue yeah uh avatar was a blockbuster phenomenon which we know but it also is one of the most groundbreaking and decent films of our generation and it will go down in history as such you don't get to that level of people watching a movie for it to be total garbage or bad or just average i think it's well above average i think it's actually a pretty solid film okay how do you how do you reconcile your statement of the number of people who watch a film uh, equating it to being uh not garbage when you have movies like the room this is true this is 100 percent true some but movies like the room people are obviously watching it to dunk on it right it's 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 well known that this movie is trash people know it's trash we know the circumstances that led to this trash mm-hmm. we watch it just because it's funny trash not because it's good trash uh well it is good trash not because it's good but because it's just cleat and utter trash movies okay. like avatar the story is so secondary i am one for and this is me out of my feeling i am one where i prefer a story and then build around that this is not the avenue that they took it's not this was supposed to be 
a CGI marvel, a masterpiece, a, uh, something that has never been done. And it was that. I remember first watching this movie. Uh, I think we were, I, I forget how, maybe I was 12, 13, maybe when Avatar came out. Uh, I think, no, actually it was 2010. Actually, let me see real quick. It was like 09, 010, because I remember we were in yeah. high school. So we were in high school when this movie came out. And I remember watching it. I saw it in IMAX. And, you know, the story was the story. But I remember being amazed by how beautiful it looked, how seamless a lot of it, the motion capture was. You know, just the scenery. And they did a really good job of making you feel like you were in the movie. Now, do I think making you feel like you were completely immersed? Now, do I think long? You could shave 15, 30 minutes off. It'd still be good. Two, two thirty, two hours. I think the movie clocked in somewhere close to three hours. That's uh, <laughs> unfucking necessary for most films. And your story has to be strong. And I think that's where it really falls. If the movie was two, two and a half, I think a lot of people, a lot more people would be on board and understand where I'm coming from here. Um, the acting's really good too, besides the lead. The acting's very good. You got Sigourney Weaver. Um, you got, now I have to look at the cast list. Uh, Zoe Saldana. Zoe, got, oh yeah, Zoe Saldana. You have uh, Sam Worthington. Who I didn't like. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, you have Stephen Lang. You have um, Zoe Saldana, Sigourney Weaver, uh, Michelle Rodriguez. I mean, you you have a really solid cast of people. Um, and it was, I, I think it's one of the best. I, I do, I really do that those 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 seat that cgi is just so fucking good has it aged a little bit now for sure but still when you watch that thing in blu-ray if you watch the thing in imax your eyes literally sparkle you look at it and you're like how did they do and, and it came out of fucking nowhere it's like all of a sudden avatar this is gonna be huge and you're like okay whatever all of a sudden it's the best uh, um the biggest blockbuster of all time and you people go back to see it just because they nothing had has been done to that effect with such clean vision with so many people uh with motion capture of that effect no one has saw anything to that to that point no one no you can say because district nine came out around that same time right district nine had great special effects one of the best i think one of the best movies of that time as well i think that's people who have seen it i think unanimously agree that it's a great um were the aliens there really good did they look great yes but think about building your whole world on cgi and just letting it live i mean it's it's remarkable it it really is. I don't care for James Cameron. I don't really like Titanic. I don't know if that's a hot take. That's but more of a that's a hot take. How dare you? I you do put not some like Titanic. Back on I, the love, uh, the love uh, between Leo and Kate. Ben. I'm sorry, dude. I just do not enjoy that movie. Near. I do not care far, about these 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 people falling in love with a ship that we know. Ever they are. I, just, <laughs> I can't. The I, heart goes on, Ben. There's I, another. There was enough room on that fucking. I uh, have suffered enough. There was enough room on that sheet of ice for that motherfucker to get on. She was being selfish. Fuck that movie. It was the door, Ben. Fuck not that. a sheet of ice. I do, and it's way too fucking goddamn long. Oh my no. god, that's one of the biggest. I think one of the biggest problems I have with a lot of James Cameron movies is just like, dude, you don't have to write a three-hour movie all the fucking time. <laughs> for the love of God, two Titanic and a half hours is long enough. Every minute, every minute. Ben. No. Every minute. No. It's a lot of that in Titanic. You can get rid 
bit of 45 minutes of Titanic. Don't you dare touch my Billy and, Zane. And, and I think Don't it's you a, touch my Billy Zane. I think you get rid of 45 minutes of Titanic and you got a cleaner story. You just do. Mm-hmm. I just think it's I think it's more thrilling. It's more on the edge of your seat. I'm just like, when is when are they going to die? I just don't care. Um, I just didn't care. I think it would have been a stronger choice. But, you know, we also, I know this. I know this. Still doesn't make it right. But I know it was the 1990, late 90s, early 2000s. I think a big, a stronger choice would have been a person of color trying to start a better life than this white kid who obviously is going to, some. if he works hard enough, he'll make it. Um, And this other love interest who, like, is relatively wealthy. I just, like, I didn't care about them. Personally, as for me, I do, at the same time, understand how big of a movie that is and how big of a deal it is to other people and i don't want to shit on it for this sake of shitting on it that's just my personal opinion i think avatar is a better film than titanic how about that take um i think avatar does more avatar uses its budget that it was given which is insane by the way and they use every bit of that budget to make a cohesive immersive seamless universe a planet that has never been seen. They concocted that. Like, it's just, it's astounding. And you still go back to this day. The, the visuals still hold up somewhat. Are they a little dated? Yes. Do I think the next Avatar films would be good? No, because nothing's going to top that. It's an anomaly. It literally is an anomaly. Because not only is the story not that strong, and the visuals carry the movie, which is crazy enough and it is, it's just, it just set the standard of what we are expecting now as a society. We come and see a fucking movie. Without Avatar, we don't get great movies like, and visuals that we see in like the Avengers films or, uh, or any other sci-fi epic, you know what I mean? This is like that's what it was. That was the standard bear. Now we can talk. I mean, all that's day what about... Titanic was. I think you're overlooking. No, no, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. I think Titanic indeed was a visual masterpiece. Don't get me wrong. I just don't pers- I it's the, it's the opposite. Oh no, it's the same. No, no, it's not the. It's the same thing. I feel for Titanic is I didn't. I didn't necessarily care for the story. I understand if you did. I understand if anyone did who just really loved Jack and you know Homegirl. Um, <laughs> Rose. Yeah, you know, Daffodil. Jack and Daffodil. Uh, wait, that's completely fine. And yes, Titanic <laughs> is a marvel. It's a visual stuff stunning the way the ship breaks down seeing that take place like the way it did and and have the visual uh accuracy of that happening you can't beat that i think avatar does it better obviously because he had more time to develop that and we had we had the technology to do that and in I think, like 20 years yeah it, it's like it's still it's just it I, I think a lot of it is is looked at from uh which it is it is a reasonable assertion to make it's a reasonable analytical thing as a human being as a viewer to look at that movie and say that's fucking Pocahontas with Blue. That's fine. That's I cannot refute that. I cannot say that that story is good. However, I see, I think a lot of that gets lost in the fact of what it actually did for cinema. What how it actually looked at the time and how amazing it it, it really did. If you compare it to anything else around that time, you can you can you can make a good case for Star Trek um, 2009. You can also make a good case for District that those movies were close. But just the amount of CGI that was taking place, just the scale and the budget behind that and how they utilized it and then it didn't really go to waste probably should have spent more on writers that may be a waste but <laughs> i can't refute that but as far as just the visuals and the immersion level of concern i think it's one of the best films we've ever had in our generation because of what it did and because of uh of how they did it that's my that's my opinion that's a hot take yeah 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 <laughs> yeah 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 uh i know i'm gonna be like but they're the font and the pocahontas and dances with wolves and i'm like yeah dude i know <laughs> i'm not if i go watch avatar now i'm not gonna be like damn bro i can't wait to cry i'm gonna watch this i'm gonna crawl like fuck no you're not gonna cry 
Like, stop. You don't care about any of these motherfuckers, but they look clean as hell, though. That's all I'm saying. Oh, man. Yep. That's how, Friends, that's how, yeah, that's how it takes. You heard it here first. Maybe. Maybe you heard it somewhere else, and Ben has just reinforced that idea. I I can't. I, I, I cannot condone this. <laughs> Especially the blatant disrespect for my fucking love story to span generations. (laughs) The Romeo and Juliet of our day, if you will. The best meme is Rose, Titanic's literally Rose talking about some good dick she got. 80 years ago. 80 years ago. That's all it is. That's the movie. That's the Yeah, I got this good dick. Wait, but did you let him on the ice sheet? Anyway, the dick was amazing. What? Ah, I can't because, ah, no. No, no. I <laughs> to each their own and hot take it is. <laughs> And that's all I'm gonna say about that. I'm be over here vibing in my Celine. You can close it. I no. All right, guys. Uh, it, that was a hot take. Uh, ruffled some feathers there, but that's what this is all about. We just want to start a fun, good discussion in our debate. If you want to come at me, that's fine. At me, bro. I'm Ben Volio at 91 <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> uh, we'll figure it out. Um, if you want to talk about this as a whole, you can side with Ian, who hates Avatar and loves Titanic. Oh. Um, if you want to talk to him about and, and share some of your thoughts and how I'm completely totally wrong, please do that in any of our social media platforms at Too Many Flicks. That's number two and an X at the end. If you agree with me, let me know. And if you don't, we can start an argument about it. I'm willing to bet that you you have a lot of valid points, but I think my points are valid too. So we'll see. Let's let's move on to our next segment. <laughs> oh man! Before we move on to the next segment, I want to let you know that my Twitter handle is actually BT Jenkins 91. I misspoke. <laughs> Benvolio 91 is my Instagram. If you want to converse with me and debate me on that on instagram i'm willing to fucking throw down as well all right cool let's move on to our next segment for, for real for real this time and now for another installment of stream theater hello and welcome again to you forgot the name of my own segment stream theory <laughs> <laughs> there are fucking crackers on the bidet and shit go nuts have some martinis and cheese uh <laughs> this week friends and family uh we got we got a few real quick uh, uh i'm gonna go just real quick through my two because ben's got one too and we don't want to uh put you through the whole ringer uh but i did go and finally find a few videos that we had covered in tasty trailers uh one of the movies in particular we had been extremely complimentary of and extremely hyped about it was called Cell in the spades Sella in the spades dropped uh at a film festival uh the international film festival if i remember correctly yep and it uh received some acclaim there and it got a wide release it was picked up by amazon prime uh to distribute and apparently they're even making a tv series out of it which i think is smart because it probably would have worked better in that way Sella in the spades was written and directed by newcomer to the scene tyresha poe uh and she really knows how to construct an image and uh compose a frame most certainly uh, i do think that this movie is a little bit weak in terms of pacing while the message and the concept are great uh, essentially the premise is that there are five factions that run the underground life of haldwell school a prestigious east coast boarding school at the head of the most powerful faction the spades sits Sella summers walking the fine line between being feared and loved and the world that tyresha poe crafts is very interesting Interesting. It is just such a shame that the story that she tries to tell in this world lacks any sort of narrative punch. It just sort of 
of plods along. Uh, that being said, you do get some performer performances from some remarkable young folks. Uh, Levy Simone playing the titular Sella does a fantastic job. You've got Jarell Jerome, who's one of my favorite young actors. He uh, appeared in, had to double check that. Um, Jarell Jerome is a fantastic young actor from When They See Us. Uh, Celeste O'Connor plays Paloma through, who is sort of the audience surrogate. She is the one experiencing this school anew. And it's got this very fun sort of youthful mafia vibe to it. Because again, it's these five warring factions. You've got the theater kids, the spades who are essentially kind of um, the cheerleaders of the popular ones in that regard. You have a few other like nerds and jocks, like all sort of commingling in this mafia story set in a boarding school. Again, it really suffers from pacing. If you want to see some young blood in the art, this is a good way to go. Um, but I'm going to keep it moving and start talking about the other film that I watched. I'm pretty sure you can find this on, it's either on Hulu or HBO. I'm not sure which. Um, but Manos was another trailer that we covered. Manos uh, is directed by Alejandro Landes and it is starring uh, Sofia Buenaventura, uh, Julian Geraldo, uh, Karen Quintero, uh, just to name a few. And this was a film that uh, had received a good amount of acclaim after appearing in, it's a Colombian film that appeared uh, at Sundance and Berlin International Festival, a bunch of film festivals. Guillermo del Toro had taken an interest in it and it seems almost like a youthful apocalypse now uh, about a group of eight child soldiers that are protecting this hostage. This film definitely, I'll, I'll tell you what, didn't suffer from a lot of pacing problems um, and overall is equally beautiful and innovative in its own way, albeit uh, infinitely more violent. So there's definitely that uh, sort of trigger warning to put on it. Um, but it does a really, really great job. The, these, these movies share a parallel in the sense that they're sort of grappling with the teenage experience and really growing into one's self and discovering oneself. It's just that one does it in a very cutthroat high school and one does it in essentially what is kind of a war zone. Um, so you're going to get two very different stories. Manos in particular, I would probably recommend over Sela in the Spades. Uh, there, It's visually haunting. The story uh, is a little bit looser, you might say, than Sela in the Spades. It's not as plot-based, although there is some of that. It's much more character-driven. Um, and if you're looking for a harrowing study into like the psychosexual aspects of being a child soldier, um, Manos is the fucking drama thriller for you, my friend. And with that, those are those are my two recommendations. Uh, again, Manos being above Sella in the Spades, but Sella in the Spades having some merit in its activism and message. Uh, please check those out. Sella in the Spades is on Amazon Prime, and Manos you can find on either Hulu or HBO. And now I'm gonna kick it over to Ben, who Ben, you uh, you watched something a little fun, from what I understand. Is that true? Yeah, I did. Um, at the time this movie was trending, like number one or two on Netflix, that can be deceiving because let me tell you, this movie is not good. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I necessarily will say that this is a suggestion, more of be aware <laughs> uh, that Netflix out here duping motherfuckers. Um, <laughs> this is a so public movie, service announcement, is what yeah, you're it's doing. Yes, a public service announcement. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> this movie's called Dangerous Lies. Um, and I'm going to give you a little bit of the synopsis here. When a wealthy elderly man dies unexpectedly and unexpectedly leaves his state to his new caregiver, she's drawn into a web of deception and murder. If she's going to survive, she'll have to question everyone's motives, even the people she loves. The people she loves being her husband, who is played by uh, Jesse T. Usher, who's actually a really good actor. Um, and she is Camilla Mendez. Now, some people may recognize 
recognize her from Riverdale. If you watch that show, I tend to watch a good show, so I wouldn't know. Um, <laughs> you just go fucking slam them like that. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know, but apparently she's a big deal. Uh, yeah, their chemistry is about as good as let's say strawberries on a pizza um as in it shouldn't happen um and that's not really a thing that exists neither did their chemistry it was terrible (laughs) it it, they literally seemed like they just met each other they're supposed to be married need i mind you and even when they were getting physical it wasn't i i I didn't understand it the plot is fucking stupid and you can see everything from a mile away now just because you can predict the plot um and any of the twists doesn't necessarily mean that the movie is bad this movie it's so bad that you can the the twists are telegraphed a mile away and that's fine sometimes this time it doesn't work because the dialogue is not strong enough to carry it through it's stupid it's so fucking dumb it's almost offensive uh at first it starts out like okay some of this camera work is pretty cool and uh that's pretty interesting and then it just is a tailspin there's a moment where she just treats her husband like shit there are so many times and the dynamics of her being a white woman and him being black Mm. kind of have problematic tendencies there too that problematic nature in that as well She's always reprimanding him on how he's spending his money, which is a stereotypical trope for black men, period, that they don't know how to spend money, period. And once they get that money, they spend it on frivolous things. That's mm. a whole thing that we could sit here and talk about all day. I'm trying to brush past this. <laughs> oh, you, uh, you're doing so good. But it's ridiculous. She literally yells at him all the time. She never gives him any words of encouragement. And we're supposed to think that they love each other. That's one of the grossest offense here, I think, is that there is no love here. And a lot of the time, people are suspecting her husband they never mentioned the fact black so i think what ends up happening Anne and i talked about this is that they wrote this character for a white guy but the casting was probably like any ethnicity and jesse t mm. jesse t was so good that they were like oh yeah he's also coming off of shaft he was also in the new shaft movie so like oh yeah we should probably get this guy he's pretty good um should we change anything wouldn't this be problematic with the dynamic that they have no fuck it keep it and this is what we get we get dangerous lies it's terrible you can see the the uh the twist from a mile away um some of the acting is really stupid as well if you want to watch it go for it but don't waste your time it's uh an hour and it's 96 minutes long but uh i I will say that i think 96 minutes of it could be shaved off so there we are (laughs) (laughs) there we are dangerous lies folks um it's on netflix i gotta say nothing else to watch watch it yep one of my favorite things about this movie that i have not seen is that when i punch dangerous lies into google you know how google will uh for movies bring up a little blurb on the right that's like imdb score rotten tomato score metacritic score it gives like a little like overview of everything if you scroll down to director it's directed by michael scott Michael, I, I I am going to live this headcanon that Michael Scott is the Michael Scott from The Office, and he finally he didn't he didn't get to make his movie. I don't watch The Office often enough, but he, they read that screenplay for like Zero Hour Danger Dark or something, and he couldn't get that made. But in my headcanon, this is what we got. Yeah, that totally makes sense. And you know, I think I'm because. <laughs> Do you like this better right. if we were to frame it as a movie presented to you by uh, Michael Scott? No. Uh, <laughs> okay okay uh, yeah. uh i will say i think i'm more angry about the fact that it's trending like in the top five <laughs> when i should know that trending does 
not necessarily equate quality work. Yeah. So I'm mad at myself. Especially with something that's streaming, because <laughs> yeah. I think that's like anything that's trending on streaming, like there is a good chance that like, oh, it's easy. Put this on. Right. Yeah. So out of five stars, if I had to rate it, I'd give it like a one. Um, Oof. It's, you know, and is it that bad? Probably not. That one is purely coming from the fact that I played myself. So <laughs> take that as you will. I'm done with that. Watch it if you want to. It's on Netflix. Yeah. I, I, I'm not your mother or your father. Uh, yeah. Do what you want to do. Do what you want to do, friends. But also, if you have something that you think we should talk about that's on streaming that we haven't watched, if you disagree with any of our takes on the streaming properties we covered today, then please reach out to us at Too Many Flicks across all of our social media platforms. That's the number two with an X at the end. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Let us know. We want to hear from you. Do you want to know something that we don't know? Sure. Here comes the trivia. Here we go. Okay. Okay. All right, here we go. It's time for us to fucking learn something, put some edumacation into your uh, quarantification. Uh, it's trivia, y'all. It's trivia. We're here to stump each other with fucking uh, questions about melodramas. Mel- melodramas. Oh, faint, swoon, clutches pearls. Oh, hand ahead, forehead. Okay, who ben. wants to go first? You want me to go first? You wanna go, go for first? it. You got something for me? What's up? I got something for you real quick. Go. This actor had to undergo a full body spray tan every day before shooting in a nice in a nice contrast to his female co-star who got away with normally being barefaced on set and only wearing lip balm. Boy, okay. Was this actor Bradley Cooper in A Star is Born? Was this actor Adam Sandler in Uncut Gems? Was it Ben Affleck in Pearl Harbor? Or was it Jim Caviezel in The Passion of the Christ? Ben Affleck? It was actually Bradley Cooper in A Star is Born. Uh, that was my second. Yep, that makes sense. That makes sense. Okay, you ready for yours? I am indeed. Yes, yes. This screenplay for this film was featured in the 2007 blacklist a list of the most like unmade scripts of the year hmm. okay which movie was it the love that lives unforgivable unforgettable pardon dear john or far from heaven oh man unforgettable no it was dear john with channing tatum <laughs> oh man he's in that yeah yep. of course it was it did not do well with critics but so i don't know how that was the most well liked <laughs> unmade scripts but it was i mean the they script might have been really good they could have edited yeah they you know it's a lot of cuts who knows producers you know all right ben you ready for number two go ahead michael jackson paid one million five hundred thousand dollars to the director of this movie for their best picture oscar was it the best picture oscar for titanic the best picture oscar for the godfather the best picture oscar for kramer versus kramer or the best picture oscar for gone with the wind titanic it was actually gone with the wind he actually Uh. paid for it's funny that you said titanic if my research is correct he bought it the same year that titanic came out wow uh yeah okay cool (laughs) fucking i thought that was interesting fine no no it's very interesting it's just okay cool with michael jackson just like okay just you just gonna you gonna flaunt like that (laughs) yeah i guess so like i just want i want this in my collection thank you very much uh you ready for yours i am yeah give me number of dose in legends of the fall brad pitt and Julia Ormond did what offset that, according to Pitt, added sexual tension. They watched porn together. They lived in the same house. They would walk naked around each other. Or all of the above. Huh. I'm gonna go with, just because it seems easier, I'm tempted to go with all of the above. But I think just like something really easy that could have accomplished that would have probably just been watching
watching porn together. No, it was actually they lived in the same house. Oh, sure. That'll do it too. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. The Brad Pitt was like, it it added sexual tension and I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> so more than likely, he probably had a bunch of sex. Yeah, that could be. Yeah. All right. Give it to me. Fascinating. Okay. Ben, this actor sang the entire score of Fiddler on the Roof to the director when they auditioned for their their role. Was this Taron Egerton for Rocket Man? Was it Sasha Bear Cohen for Sweeney Todd? Was it Ryan Gosling for La La Land? Or was it Patrick Wilson for Phantom of the Opera? You know, this is a good one. I actually don't know this. I'm going to go with Sasha Bear Cohen. That's exactly who it was. Of course, who else is right. going to show up to an audition room and sing the entire score yep. of Fiddler on the Roof than yep. Sasha Bear Cohen? Yep, you got it. <laughs> That's a good one. I, d- I didn't know. Okay, cool. Uh, You ready for your last one? I am indeed. Sandra Bullock revealed this about the lake house in the movie with the same name. <laughs> Um, so she revealed this about the actual house that they were staying in, in the movie Lake House. It had running water, but no toilets. It constantly smelled like firewood. There were mice living in the walls. The previous owners died there before filming. I'm going to go with the previous owners died. No, it had no running, it had running water, but no toilets. No toilets. That was my first gut instinct, just because I could see that being hell on shooting day. Yeah. Where, where like, I really got to use the bathroom just real quick. Well, we only got this porta potty. It's been used by... 40 other people on set um yep. <laughs> no toilets sorry fam yeah 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 yep. uh yeah so that was it that's uh that's trivia today for the melodrama you didn't you, did, did I, I didn't skip you did right we've got all three for each of us we got all three baby all right yay 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 awesome awesome so that was it um yeah this has been fun i hope you learned something i hope you did too i definitely did yeah all right great guys if you guys want us to ask any more trivia questions or you have any theme for trivia um or categories for trivia let us know please in any of the comment sections in any of our social media platforms that's too many flicks the number two and an x at the end and any of the podcast platforms too you first of all give us five stars or one if you really hate us um and leave a comment uh that helps the algorithm and it also lets us know if you want to have a discussion we can get back to you promptly all right guys uh let's uh close the sucker out Whew, that was 60 episodes right there. We did it. The 60s. That was 60. Can you believe that we haven't stopped talking since episode one? That I, I was know. trying to think of a good joke. That's my number. <laughs> that's, that's, that's hey, enough. you know what? After 60 but, episodes, if I'm all joked out, I'm all joked out, people. Okay? Yeah. yeah if we were a person, we would be close to retirement. So We would be know. close to retirement. Thankfully, neither of us are people. We are merely right. voices that exist <laughs> in the ether of the electronic right, world. Yeah. Yeah. That we are at we're happy to do this guys really thank you so much from the bottom of our hearts to get help us get to 60 um we can do this about people who listen thank you for those core people who listen we will make sure the show is good for you um and we hope that you guys in return will let people know about it as much as possible so we can make the show good for them as well and uh, let's tell the people uh what you're doing and uh who you are and how to friends find you. uh i am not doing much i'm out here surviving same as y'all uh if you want to interact with me more i'm on twitter Twitter as Sir Yikes a lot at Baby Got Knack. You can find me on Instagram. Uh, I am Sock Ninja eight eight eight. I'm on Facebook as Ian Mutner, and that's like that's most of what I do with my life when I'm not here chatting with you, my best friend. Who might you be, and where can the people find you? I'm Ben Jenkins. You can find me on Facebook at Benjamin Timothy Jenkins. Um, you can also find me on Twitter at BT Jenkins ninety one, or on Instagram at Benvolio ninety one. Currently, I am in my house. I'm right 
getting a pilot for a TV show that I've decided to do. I don't know how that's going to work out, but you know what? I'm just going to keep pushing through and keep doing it and we'll see what happens. Um, yeah, so that's where you can reach me. You can also reach Too Many Flicks at, at Too Many Flicks on any social media platform. That's the number two and an X at the end. You can also reach us via email. That's too many flicks.chicago at gmail.com. That's too many flicks.chicago at gmail.com. You can also become a patron with us for as little as a dollar and we'll try to give you a shout out. We'll give you a link below on um, on any of the uh, podcasting platforms and we'll try to get that out to you on our social media as well. We update update that so we can make sure that we give you a shout out for uh, helping us. Any Anything we'll do. We also know that money's tight and if you can't do it, just tell people about us. Shout out. Say, hey, we love you or or hey, eat a dick. And we'll be like, okay, cool. Um, We'll do that as well. And it's, it's always been fun, guys. It's always been fun. We know times are hard. We know we don't have that much leadership, but we try to entertain you as much as we can. Uh, and, and we know that you may not have the mental capacity to watch everything at any time. And it's stressful and you just want to just sit, read a book and eat your groceries. And that's fine. That's cool. Don't worry. We got you. We will take what you can't do when we put it on our back, though. We will put the team on our back, though, because we are on too the many back. flicks. And we watch all the flicks. So that you don't have to... 